The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Yeah, good morning, everybody. How are you all doing? Good morning. It is Monday, the most important day of the week, and it is November 27th. Today is National Craft Jerky Day, National Bavarian Cream Pie Day, and oh, yeah, it's time to save some money because today is Cyber Monday. Oh, yeah. Thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy QR code somewhere on your screen to find out where we live on the Internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And now we are also streaming via Twitch, Twitter, Rumble, and Facebook. So welcome to everyone joining us from any one of those audiences. We appreciate you tuning in with us. But kicking it off and starting it off today, we have the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lamite, the Quasimodo caretaker, and apparently has Quasimodo dressed up as an imitation Dallas Cowboy with a black star hat. That's right. It is none other than the dope dad himself, Rico Lamite. Quasimodo, man. Yeah. That's his name, Quasimodo. Yeah, if you don't want to call him Baby Yoda, then we're calling him Quasimodo. You just call him by his name, uh, Grogu. No, that's yeah. not his name. They fuck up. Conservatives that uh, have so such trouble uh, with people's names. It's, it's not his. It's not his name. It's not his name. It's not his name. That's just ridiculous. Rico just Either calmly way, laying it down thank, there. Thank you. Either way, oh. mm-hmm. uh, today's first so, story. We're heading over to New Jersey for a uh, collusion allegation or two, because a. Uh, Back in September of 2022, the Cannabis Place dispensary in Jersey City, New Jersey, was awarded a license to operate at 1544 Kennedy Boulevard in Jersey City. Last month, the Jersey City Council approved another license for Everett Everett Washington-based Cushmart to operate across the street at 1521 Kennedy Boulevard, 340 feet from the former's location, violating the state's prohibition against dispensaries located within 600 feet of each other. The Cannabis Place's ownership says, Kushmart's operating reeks of corruption, so they're suing both the retailer and the city, claiming the two colluded to award a license to the peculiarly 
peculiarly placed pot shop. New Jersey state law says applicants need a community partner to obtain a cannabis license. Cushmart's community partner is New Jersey Reentry Corporation, an organization that helps train and find jobs for ex-convicts, which is a good thing. The bad? New Jersey Reentry's uh, executive director and chairman is former New Jersey Governor Jim McGreevy, currently running a comeback campaign to become Jersey City's mayor. The Cannabis Place CEO, Ospert uh, Orduna, told the Post that having the McGreevy-linked dispensary located so close to his store would cannibalize business. He said he finds it interesting how current mayoral candidate for Jersey City, Jim McGreevy, serves as a community partner for an organization seeking a license from the same city. To me, it screams conflict of interest. I don't believe in coincidences. 66-year-old McGreevy uh, announced his comeback bid for Jersey City mayor earlier this month after being out of politics for nearly 20 years. He resigned as the Garden State governor in 20, uh, 2004 after revealing a secret extramarital affair with a male staffer who was his Homeland Security advisor. Spicy. But McGreevy insists he had absolutely no role in Jersey City officials awarding Kushmart's contract. In an interview with The Post Sunday, he said that their only interest is providing employment and financial support for court-involved persons and that they have no financial interest in the license. We shall see. However, he did concede later in the interview that there would be a conflict if he were actually to actually to be elected to the mayor's position. An outcome, McGreevy says, is at least a few years away. The Cannabis Place filed its case in New Jersey Superior Court, Hudson County, naming Cushmart and Jersey City as defendants. Neither the current Jersey City mayor's office or Cushmart responded to queries for comment. Interesting revelations indeed. And I'd say given the way that the law, uh, given the law that both businesses must abide by to operate legally as dispensaries in Jersey City, Orduna and the Cannabis Place definitely do have a case here. But I'm not a lawyer. I'm Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street for Hi at Nine News. And I'm interested in hearing everybody else's thoughts and opinions on this one. What do you think? Is this collusion, Jason? Is this what collusion looks like? It sounds like it. It's definitely what it sounds like, Rico. I could tell you that much. This is definitely what it sounds like. And, I mean, I'm not surprised. I mean, Jersey's super corrupt in that way. So, you know what I mean? Doesn't surprise me in the slightest. (laughs) America's the greatest country in the world, Rico. What do you think about this one, St. Germain? Uh, you know, things just run like that on the East Coast. It's all about who you know, et cetera. Isn't it like that everywhere, though, Matthew, not just the East Coast? I It seems to be mostly, yeah. That's why I try to know great people. Yeah, that's that's right. I'm <laughs> with you. I, I always try to network. I just, you know, this weekend I had a lot of talks with a lot of people. We were doing a chess hash and tea session, and, and uh, this comes back to, man, I just have a lot of faith, and I'm hoping that psychedelics can kind of fix this morass that we find ourselves in. It's like, you know, anytime you start pulling on the knot of what's wrong, there's like 1,500 strings tying it together. And, and uh, it's such a complex problem, but I think it really comes down again to just compassion and remembering that we're all a family. Mm. You know, I might be drifting off of this whole New Jersey thing. I stay away from these. Well, I mean, if, if, you opened up your, if you opened up your dispensary last year, you know, we're fully compliant, go through the rigmarole, if you will, and then all of a sudden, right across the street, pops open another dispensary and not only is it within the city limits of or or, or not within the city limits um, of a 600 foot boundary but it's also co-sponsored by the mayoral candidate 
There you go. There. I mean, what would you think? It's fairly transparent. You know, the story basically tells itself right there. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Rico. I mean, I guess, I guess you, you you could say like, I guess the best thing they could actually say is at least it's not a trap shop. Yeah. <laughs> so what I'd really point. think is I'd like to know a mayor somewhere so I could have my own weed store, please. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for it, Yaro. I see you itching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, here's the thing, right? He's look- not retired from politics. It talks about how he's going to run yet again. Uh, he, he, he has a training company, so he has a vested interest there uh, in terms of those rehabilitation efforts and then you know training for uh re-entry into the legal cannabis industry so there's conflicts there one of the things they say is it's not about whether you have a conflict it's about whether there's the potential for the perception of conflict and so savvy politicians or people who understand the machiavellian nature of of politics at work understand that you're supposed to avoid the perception not just the reality of whether you have conflict. Anytime someone says, I don't have a conflict, like you should never be self-diagnosing. You know, if you're sick, you don't go on WebMD and go, well, I must have like, you know. Tons of uh, people do that. What do you mean? cancer. I do that all the time. People do that every day. Yeah, listen, the self-diagnosis for whether you have a conflict of interest is is, is silly to me, right? And and, and so it's because we're, 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 our, our perceptions are shaded by our own goals and self and self-interest, right? So that doesn't check out to me. The other thing is the 600 foot buffer. So I have, again, on the one hand and on the other, on the one hand, I think the 600 foot buffer is a little bit ridiculous in general, especially in high density urban areas. I think it's a restriction to trade capitalism, the free market. And it's yep. something that isn't necessarily applied to a lot of other businesses, such as liquor stores or coffee shops. And on the other hand, if you have a silly regulation that we've seen replicated in many places, then when you deviate from that regulation and it's to the benefit of an entity that may or may not have some close financial ties to a active current local politician, I don't see how that ever passes the sniff test. Mm-hmm. I don't see why they didn't just pick a, a block over and avoid. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then, so I can speak well, I to do. that. Like, it's right not easy to find. It, I can speak to that. It's not easy to find compliant real estate. There are sensitive use setbacks. There's a variety of zoning issues. It's not like a uh, a retail ready brick and mortar dispensary location is something you can just snap your fingers and pull out. But of if you're running for mayor, if I mean, if, you, mayor, if it was a trap shop, you could. Yeah, if, if you right, if you're running for mayor, you should know the rules. And you should abide by those rules, and it, it might just keep you under the radar. Or you uh, should rewrite them, calling you out on your conflicts of interest. Or, or you should just rewrite them, Rico. Every week hey, we cover there, losses. Hey, there's, there, there's a solution. Yeah, just rewrite the rules. <laughs> if he actually wins, you can rewrite that law, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but in the meantime, every week we cover lawsuits, and the other shop is just going to sue and say it wasn't fair, and it's going to tie it up in litigation, and people are going to let spend a lot of lot of a lot of good money on a lot of good lawyers. It'll be a great talking point during his election. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, how many times is he going to say like I did not collude? <laughs> <laughs> McGreedy and his weedy with my predecessor. Mm-hmm. Look, I'm just trying to Hope support the job. people and create jobs in my community, and I'm being chastised. He said he it. has no financial interest. Doesn't matter. 
Yeah, but it said that his community partner is an organization where he is the executive director. So again, you can have a non-financial interest and still have a one hand washes the other. I just don't think it passes the optics test. And because of that, a savvy politician would not pull a George Santos and would actually pull away from those things that don't look. (laughs) Oh, my God. Did did you see the did you see the video where where Kennedy (laughs) on Fox News tells George Santos he's just a straight up liar? Hey man, yeah, um, I might George have to change my position on Kennedy. That, he's a product. Yeah, he's a, he's a product. I mean, of, you, you, you of, should you, you of should Donald love Kennedy. You should love Kennedy. She used to be a, a DJ on 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 MTV. I think he was you thinking know, RFK. Um, I was thinking it, RFK. Oh, I, I used to love her. Gla- I used to love the glasses on yes. her. Um, but um, uh, I, I truly think that uh, you know, uh, from a contrarian's point of view. Doing crazy shit like this is going to put you in the headlines and and, and possibly raise his profile as a mayoral candidate. Maybe he pulls out mm-hmm. from uh, the executive board for the uh, dispensary, and um, he runs off of this, and his name is already in everybody's mouth, regardless. You know, it sounds like someone needs to brush their teeth. Politics all day, baby. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes, and on that, we're going to go to a commercial, and we're going to be right back. Let's go. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Coming up next, he's known for smoking the best weed in the world, and if you ask him three times nicely, he might... Comment other than no comment when it comes to George Santos. Coming to the stage is Jason Beck. Why would I have no comment on George Santos? I mean, people just call him out for lying all the time. Is he lying or is he evolving? Maybe maybe he's fibbing. <laughs> maybe he's just fibbing, Rico. Ridiculous. <laughs> you know. Oh, man. So uh, j- just as a heads up, my story, I used an AI tool to summarize the story because it's really long and you can if you want to read the whole article you can go over to our website at www.hyatt9news.com and you can read the whole thing but the usda is giving some farmers an ultimatum either you grow hemp or you grow marijuana you pick which one American farmers seized the opportunity to grow hemp after it was legalized in 2018 Farm Bill, but the USDA is revoking hemp licenses for some farmers who have also chosen to grow marijuana, which is illegal under federal law. The federal government continues to classify hemp as a highly dangerous drug, despite the fact that more than half of Americans now live in states where adults can legally possess weed. This has led to farmers dramatically reducing cultivation levels and and tanking the price of the crop. Uh, Bellevance is one of many farmers who lost their hemp licenses after entering their state's regulated marijuana industry. But several state-run hemp programs have continued to license farmers who also grow marijuana under licenses from their states. The USDA declined to answer specific questions about the decision to rescind certain hemp licenses, but a spokesperson said that the issue remains complicated 
by marijuana's federally illegal status. The USDA also said that it oversees hemp farmers in eight states without state-run hemp programs, and farmers in Oregon and Colorado who grow both hemp and marijuana have retained their marijuana licenses, suggesting that the rules are different depending on whether, whether state or federal regulators are in charge of overseeing your hemp cultivation. Brittany Atticites, an attorney specializing in cannabis law, said USDA is reaching far to claim that a farmer can't hold both a state marijuana license and a federal hemp license. Vermont ended its state hemp licensing program back in December of 2022, and farmers who applied for USDA licenses found those licenses rescinded after joining the state's the state's nascent recreational marijuana program. Eric Sorensen, who founded the Mississippi Industrial Hemp Association, learned he would lose his federal hemp license soon after becoming licensed to grow medical marijuana by that state. And Chris Bierman, a hemp farmer in Joplin, Missouri, transitioned to the federal hemp licensing program after the state's program shut down. A USDA representative told him he could not expand into Missouri's new state marijuana program without prompting. And in states that run their own hemp programs, marijuana and hemp are regulated separately, but alongside each other. In Colorado, farmers can grow anything greater than three-tenths percent THC on a hemp registration. And USDA approved Colorado's hemp plan back in August of 2021, and state regulators said it did not include any prohibitions on hemp licenses also entering the state's cannabis industry. Senators representing states with medical or adult-use marijuana programs and and USDA-run hemp programs uh, told Politico they were not aware of the conflict. And, and Adikes, the cannabis lawyer, says USDA's actions could pave the way for a major lawsuit. Well, 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 it seems like government is trying to confuse the people yet once again. And I'm going to digress and see what y'all have to say, because this is Jason Beck for the High at Nine News Hour. What do y'all have to say? Jason, it's pretty ridiculous, right? Have you embraced your AI overlords to write your stories for the future? No, they didn't. They didn't. They didn't write here? it. They summarized it. Oh, okay. that's cute. Summertime is coming, huh? Yeah, summer. It is. I can't wait. It's a long winter. It's a long winter, though, Rico. We're he not... said summarize, not summertime. That's correct. That's correct. <laughs> He's a boomer. Stop talking shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that's a bong, not a bedpan. Yes, it mm-hmm. is. I mean, is it is it a hemp plant or is it a marijuana plant? I think the so, USDA I mean, is trying to decide. I can understand. Yeah, that's the part where I can understand regulators having a really hard time going like, wait a second, if you've got hemp right there and cannabis right there, how do we know which is which? We can't. We don't have the resources to do uh, early infield testing, and and we all know that you know growing cannabis under the guise of hemp and then diverting it into the unregulated market is a, a you know time-tested technique so i i can understand that i guess i guess that's th- that part but then uh the free market part of me says why would you ever restrict my opportunities to be a farmer across a variety of, of plants and just because you don't have your regulatory act together doesn't mean i shouldn't be able to 
plant what I want as long as I'm within the confines of the laws related to those plants. I find it very interesting, Yaro, that they have the kind of this double standard uh, in particular with, with who governs what part of the state or if it's just the federal government that governs the program. I find that extremely interesting because it seems like Coloradan hemp farmers and marijuana farmers are fine as well as Oregon. But if you're in Missouri, it's a problem. There's no consistency. They're going to start a civil war. 1776. <laughs> I mean, it's hard for farmers of anything to make money. And so I wouldn't personally want to be against anybody putting uh, hemp and cannabis in their in their ground. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to be a farmer. Mother Nature's on your board of directors. The margins aren't huge. Um, the family farm and the non-corporate farm is... Is, is is something that we're seeing less and less of over the last 50 years outside of cannabis production. And um, my hope is we can make farming great again. Make farming great again. <laughs> I see what you oh, did there. yeah. I'm with that. I'm with that, Yarrow. I have. I actually have a hat that says make farming great again. And it's green. Yeah, yeah, too yeah, too bad that, 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 that promise wasn't followed through on last, uh, last uh, um, presidency. But uh, if you guys had to choose between hemp and cannabis farming, Given today's environment, which one would you choose? Hemp. Weed game. Weed game. I, I choose hemp, and then you I would just Mandy. sell THCA all day. What was that, Mandy? <laughs> I, saw, I saw you moving over there. Didn't hear. Yeah, Mandy, are you Didn't on mute? It. We haven't heard from you yet, Mandy. You don't know? Mandy's muted. Mandy Mandy is, is getting glitched out by the Matrix. She's being silenced by Hunter Biden. I think it's because you used AI this morning, Jason. They decided to just take over the show. That has Thanks. nothing to it, do with any of that. Fill your Discord and then restart it, and you you should get uh, sound. That's yeah. what I had to do. Yeah, maybe refresh yeah, I mean, your I, Discord. I don't want to be on an episode without Mandy speaking because, you know, she brings so much, and, and the mute version is is not as entertaining. I thought um, I thought you were going to say something else, like uh, like like that uh, you don't want to be on an episode where they're silencing women or something like that, Yaro. Well, well, that is also true, but my okay. experience is I've never been able to silence oh. anybody. Oh, man. Don't answer that question, Yaro. He's, he's baiting you, <laughs> as always. <laughs> I'm, I'm biting. I'm biting. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, no, but you know, if, if you guys had to choose, uh, given the political and uh, economic environment that we're in today, mm -hmm. would it be hemp or would it be THC? What do you think? What do you think, Mandy? Hemp or T or THC? Uh, can you hear me? Yes, we hear you perfectly. Yes. All right. Um, day. If I could switch lanes into hemp right now, I would do it. But also, I say that with reluctance mm. because you cannot maneuver quickly anywhere in this industry. And by the time you realize that there's a trend happening, you're behind the curve. So don't try to follow it. <laughs> like. Hey, that's that. That's Don't great advice. It. That is very true. If you've realized there's a trend happening, start a new trend because this one's yep. about to end really soon. <laughs> yep. Heard. Maybe, we should, start guys, selling maybe we should start selling THCB. THCB. Yes. Yes, no, indeed, Jason. Do you know? No. I mean, it's it's the next best thing to THCA, right? <laughs> yes. THCDs. Yes, the THCV. Little like how, how many how many hemp farmers do you think right now are not growing weed at the same time? Say that again. I mean, most hemp farmers are probably also growing THC somewhere amongst the crop. Like, Te technically, it's all the same plant, so technically they all are growing it, Rico. 
And a lot of hemp farmers will struggle with uh, their THC spiking above the 3%. Mm-hmm. Then it turns yeah. into weed. All of a sudden, it spikes, and the, that crazy plant just doesn't has no self control. No self control. Next thing you know, the uh, the next farm bill is saying, "Oh yeah, we got to go above eight percent." Why? Because we have a bunch of senators and Congress people that own hemp farms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. Just saying. Without Watch a for doubt. It. Without a doubt. Oh man, we're gonna mm-hmm. keep we're gonna keep this train rolling. We we're, we're gonna keep this train a rolling. We're gonna roll right in to the count himself. That's right. It's the immortalized man that has been walking the planet for thousands upon thousands of years. That's right. He is, and now he's in the cannabis game where he loves to judge cannabis, smoke cannabis, and apparently design and build cultivation sites. That's right. It is none other than the count himself, Mister Matthew Saint Germain. Thanks, Brother Jason, my fellow correspondents. Happy Monday, everybody out there. I've got a great one. I got a little bit of an echo in my ear, so if uh, I look like I'm going crazy, I am. An Omaha attorney is facing drug charges after authorities discovered a large amount of psychedelics heroin. I didn't see that part before. At his home on October 31st. Jonathan Lawler, 34, posted $10,000 bail November 13th on charges of manufacturing a controlled substance and possession of a controlled substance. According to Omaha police, officers learned of uh, Lawler's alleged operation at his home near Tucker Street and Northridge Drive in the Florence area. Sounds like somebody told on him. The owner of the home, oh, here we go, reported to officers that he was doing routine maintenance when he discovered what he believed to be a narcotics manufacturing operation and took a photo of four large mason jars filled with an unknown dark substance in Lawler's bedroom. What a jerk. Officers learned from the landlord that another man, later identified as Christopher Mayo, had taken the jars prior to police arriving at home and was found with them in the woods nearby. Mayo was apprehended and the jars were seized. Mayo is charged with possession of a controlled substance and tampering with physical evidence. Is currently out on bond awaiting his next hearing December 7th. He said executed a search warrant and found more than 10 pounds of dimethyltryptamine, or DMT, along with manufacturing equipment, including a heat lamp and a ventilation system. Good old DEA says DMT is used illicitly for its psychoactive effects, which are described as intense and of short duration. DMT is generally smoked or consumed in brews like ayahuasca. On October 17th, police found Lawler in the front passenger seat during a traffic stop and took him to central headquarters. Lawler admitted to manufacturing the dark-colored liquid substance that was located inside his bedroom and that he was in the process of making soap. Your rest affidavit reads, he just made DMT on accident. Police said Lawler admitted to knowing what DMT is after denying several times he'd ever heard of it and was not being forthcoming with information about how DMT is manufactured. His next hearing is November 29th, if anybody wants to put in a good word for him. Uh, Now, this is crazy because DMT is Schedule 1, which means uh, toxic, which it's not, high potential for abuse, which it doesn't have, and extremely physically addictive, which it's not. Now, not only this, but our brains manufacture DMT, which means every single one of us is 24-7, 24-7, emitting a felony of carrying an illicit Schedule One drug in our body at all times. So if this were to be enforced, we're basically all criminals. Um, that being said, there's a lot of amazing information on DMT. Uh, right now, they're doing um, some, some studies I wanted to highlight uh, in Cambridge. Where they're doing uh, intravenous DMT. They're giving people DMT right in their veins so they can tr- control the duration and the strength. They basically have the thing that we've all been dreaming about for so many years, 
We have psychedelic astronauts going into the DMT space to map it out and come back with information as to if the space is physically repeatable, if these entities that everybody are seeing are the same, are communicable with, etc. So this just goes back to, we've got to reschedule all of these drugs. We've got to take a, a new and more sobering look at these drugs that they are incredibly beneficial for humanity. We've got to let this guy Lawler and his buddy go. That would be a great starting point. And I'd like you guys all to pile in after I say this is Matthew St. Germain on a Monday for the High at Nine News. What do you guys have to say about this? I think this man, guy, man. man. Bro, he's, he's mainline in DMT? Technically, DMT is for the mind. Um... This is he's not, trying to make smoke. Is he related to like the law firm? Is it Uber and Lawler or something like that? No, that is oh, that Tom is and his brother. brother. They are nowhere near. No, that's not Tom's no. Uber. No. Thing. All right. <laughs> I mean, I thought, it pretty, <laughs> I thought it was pretty interesting that Matthew was talking about his Uber. brains make DMT. So I guess that's a thought crime because it's a felony or something. I don't know. Real. The thing about the 10 pounds, though, is that amount? Really, like if, if a lawyer was just doing their thing on the side, that's a lot different than trapping while practicing law. And then the other thing that came up is he should have hired the Pop Brothers because he did not shut the fuck up. It's like, <laughs> like you're a lawyer and you still didn't. So you can't be a good lawyer if you admit on yourself during questioning. That means like maybe you should stick to the DMT manufacturing because it doesn't sound like your law game is like best of class. Yeah. Yeah. He thought it was, he thought he was making soap. <laughs> That was the best part. I was trying to make soap, and I accidentally made 10 pounds of DMT. You know that happens, bro. Dude. I, <laughs> These chemicals I, are crazy. Bro, I, I just wonder what it's like to mainline DMT. Like, uh, apparently sounds... pretty awesome. First time it happened was in the 90s with uh, Dr. Rick Strassman, and uh, every pretty much every person that did it, nearly every person that did it, had an intense spiritual experience, found a place beyond birth and death, were totally uh, calmed down about the, the, the thought of their own mortality. Uh, and, you know, yes, sir. When we when we get into when we really dig into these into these drugs, into these psychedelic medicines and drugs, what we find is they they allow us to see a a reality larger than ourselves and how we, we are completely a part of that. And I think that you know my personal thought is if you look up the younger Dryas D R Y A S not dry ass oh, yeah. but Dryas comet impact mm -hmm. theory of about ten eleven thousand years ago, what it looks like is. Prior to that time, we had these megalith buildings, psychedelic civilizations that were transoceanic and had incredibly high culture, wrote all of these amazing holy books like the Rig Veda, the Vedas, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Atlantis. Thank you. We had a giant ecological catastrophe where the millions of people were reduced to a couple thousand. There was a nuclear winter, and then there was about a thousand years of the ice caps melting and freezing and then and, and inundating civilizations that were at the coast. People lost contact with psychedelics, and that's when we fell into these sexually suppressive civilizations that were about class hierarchy and stratification, sexual suppression, arranged marriage, and about concentrating property into the hands of as few families as possible. And so I think the sooner humans as a whole contact psychedelics, we can get past the fear that entrenches us in our ego, and instead of offering... You know, everybody always offers this, oh, well, it's always been like this, it's unchangeable. What I would say is we need to do these psychedelics, do our daily discipline, we need to be brave enough to envision a new future. Instead of saying this is the way it is and it's always going to be this way and providing some excuse why it sucks, let's envision a better future, 
and let's work towards it with hope and optimism. And if you do acid, you could be like me. If you do, I don't know if that's acid, a bad or a good thing. I want to do that. I want to be immortal, <laughs> oh, just like you. Oh boy! Oh boy! Immortal. I bet. I yeah, bet. throw your throw your address in the chat, and we'll send you ten hits of lysergic acid diethylamide. I mean, and I want, I want 10, ten pounds of DMT soap. I, I, I scrub yeah. my mind and my body at the same time. I, I I'm just yes, I, I'm just dude. wondering I'm just wondering uh you know because like DMT I, I think like they mostly source that from like tree bark right Matthew. Uh, the the they did take a lot from the mimosa tree bark. Um, mm -hmm. There's also a couple a couple of grasses a phalaris grass that is very high DMT containing. But again, the real trippy thing is every nearly every plant and every animal on the planet contains some amount of DMT. Yes. That, so, that, so it's in true. all of us. But yeah, normally it's from Mimosa hostilis, which is those trees you see, the acacia trees with the very thin frond-like fern leaves and the pink puffball flowers. Mm -hmm. um, and, and number one, if you ever are going to make DMT, like I wouldn't suggest it because it is illegal, but wherever you get the bark, which is legal delivered to, don't make the DMT there. Take it somewhere else. That's my advice for you. Don't make it there. Like, like next to the tree you're saying? Oh, I'm saying if you like get a bunch of Phalaris bark ordered off the internet, uh -huh. take it somewhere else because the oh, feds will actually oh, visit you. I the feds will visit saying. you in a couple months. Yeah. Yeah, check in on what like, you're doing. You need, a break, you need a breaking bad business model where you have some fucked up trailer that you can park out in the desert. <laughs> what he's saying. Yes, sir, Yarrow. There so, it is. So you're saying you're saying you, you're saying you want a New Mexico address. <laughs> there you go. Okay. All right. Now, can't you get the DMT from licking toads? No, oh, so, no so that's different. You get 5-MeO-DMT, which is a same. slightly different chemical. Sucks and balls. not from licking toads, but what you actually do is you, you, you squeeze the toads and the venom glands on their back. You express them onto a piece of glass. You let it dry. You scrape it. And you smoke it. But actually, uh, folks in the psychedelic community are asking people not to harvest the toads. There's now a very easy and inexpensive way to manufacture 5-MeO-DMT. Hamilton Souther, who's an amazing chemist, has published the recipe online for free. And everyone's asking that you use the synthetic 5-MeO-DMT because there is a problem with the toads and the sustainability of the toads and not wanting to uh, somebody, push the toads to extinction. Told, mm -hmm. Somebody once told me to lick their toad, and I was, like, ready to throw down. I thought that was very, very aggressive. And oh, I, I'm starting to think maybe we should go back to those arranged marriages, <laughs> Matthew, because, you know, I, first of all, I spent my 20s making all the wrong choices with, with, with females, not toads, or toads. Toady females or toady secondly, females or what oh were they God. horny toads? I was looking them for a trip, and some of them it was a bad uh, trip. Oh, I bet, um, I bet. Yeah, I, I, I don't, like I don't doubt that for a second. And on that, we're gonna go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, stop whatever you're doing. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed. And when you hit that like button, you're gonna feel better about yourself and we are gonna thank you for that also. Also too, all the articles that we cover on today's show, you can read on our website at www.hyatt9news.com. And as of January 1st of 2024, 
we are going to be moving the channel to Hyatt 9 News, H-I-G-H-A-T-N-I-N-E News. That is where you will be able to find the live show daily. We're going to build up that channel just like we have done with this channel, and there'll be all kinds of other content that will be coming on on this channel as well. So make sure you go and find that and subscribe to that as well. And uh, may maybe we can get Adam to post a link to that channel so we can make it easier for you to find in the chat. I'm Jason Beck, and this is Smoky Vanilla. And if you want to feel as good as I look, then you need to get yourself a stretch and smoke with Smoky Vanilla. That's right, baby. I'm Smoky Vanilla with my background in kinesiology. I'm a sports massage therapist and stretch coach. I focus mostly on athletes who have chronic pain or injury due to their sport, or the legends of the chronic in the game, baby. Oh, Yee! yeah, you know what it is. We just stretched, and now we're going to smoke, because you know what it is. That's right. I love intuitively creating a session based on the individual I'm working with. We'll go through a few assessments, look at the past health history, injury, or anything that's still affecting you today, and create a customized session just for you. Let's go. Yee! Uh, yes. What's the question, Mandy? When you get to stretch and smoke. Yes. Do you have to bring your own smoke or is that part of the package? No, you bring your own smoke. It's bring your own bud. B-Y-O-B. Bring your like own that's bud. that's just stretch then. Well, then you're going to get then then you're going to pay more. <laughs> then you're going to pay more if you don't bring your own weed. I love you, girl. Yes. You are funny and fun. Yeah, you got to take the smoke out of stretch and smoke because it's self-provided, brah. No, yeah. no, and no. Nope, and do I have nope, to smoke out no. the the instructor too? You, yeah, that, that, that's up to you. Discount. That's up to you. He's always he's always down for tips, but that's totally your call. Gas or grass, nobody stretches for free. That's right. Oh, that's shit. right. That's right. And on that note, we <laughs> are gonna roll. One, yes, we are gonna roll right into Mr. Yarrow Kubrin. He does he does cannabis, and he does real estate. And sometimes he puts them all together to do cannabis real estate. And that's right. He is our very own Florida man who loves to reside in Northern California. That's right. It is none other than Mr. Yarrow Kubrin. Oh, thank you. And, and I must say, Yarrow, you're looking extra crispy clean today. Well, thank you. It's amazing what a bar of soap, not DMT, will do for my complexion. So, oh um. I appreciate being here, Hyatt 9 News. Good morning, Hyatt 9 News viewers. Monday, November 27th, going into MJ Biz. And I got a great article to share with you in the annals of, or I should say the annals of more litigation related to cannabis. So my article, <clears throat> without further ado, Gray's Anatomy actors sue Connecticut School Board and others after pot-laced candy left on bus sickened son. Gray's Anatomy actors Scott Foley and Marika... Sorry, it looked a little Polish and had a lot of extra consonants. File lawsuit against school board <laughs> bus driver and the bus company. Two actors from Grey's Anatomy, along with another parent, filed a lawsuit against a school and bus company after their child and a friend were allegedly hospitalized for ingesting a cannabis-laced candy that was left on their school bus. Grey's Anatomy actors Scott Foley and Marika Domizinchik, are who are now married, 
filed the lawsuit with another parent after their son and a friend took the school bus home on December 12th, 2022 and ate a bag of candy that was apparently left by another student but was laced with THC, according to Fox. The lawsuit was filed against the Westport, Connecticut Board of Education, Board Chairman Lee Goldstein, Superintendent Thomas Scarassi, School Bus Company, Datco Inc., Datco President David DeVio, as well as the bus driver. According to the lawsuit, a police investigation discovered the bag was left by a 15-year-old high school student who was on the bus before the elementary school kids. Two children complained to the couple's nanny after about an hour, an hour after ingesting the laced chocolate that they were feeling dizzy, confused, and had stomach issues. The lawsuit states that the nanny was worried the kids had eaten something that they should not have eaten. When Scott and Marika arrived back to their house, they noticed her son's friend as having lost all the color from her face. Her eyes were sunken with dark circles under them and the whites of her eyes as bloodshot. The lawsuit states, noting that their son looked sickly and lethargic. The two children were at a hospital for several hours and the couple's son was intoxicated for over 30 hours, according to the lawsuit. According to the parents, school officials weren't fully transparent regarding the incident. All right, let me kick this off before I ask you guys what you think. First of all, we always know it's the cover-up, not the crime. So if a school or a school district wasn't fully disclosing the parents, that is, that's, that's, a, that's a real issue. Secondly, with these lawsuits, when everybody files against everybody, schools, school boards, bus, bus driver, it, it typically, to me, represents just throwing mud at the wall to see what will stick. Personally, I want my school bus driver to be paying attention to the road and I'm not entirely sure that the school bus driver should be responsible for looking at a package of candy to see if it was contained uh, cannabis. Um, and then the other thing is, um, it seems like they waited about a year to file this. I'm not exactly sure why, but but um, these are two actors I had never heard of. So uh, kudos on them for getting their name in the headlines. And then lastly, the edibles thing with kids is a real harm. And we've talked about that again and again on High at Nine News. It is a place where this age-restricted product has the most likely chance of being consumed by people who are not intending to consume it. So we continue to see this as an issue. I wish that the article had included an indication as to whether the bag of candy that was left by another miner was a regulated product or something that had been acquired illicitly because that would have been also helpful in our analysis. This is Yara Kubrin, high at nine news Monday morning. I mean, what do you guys think? I, I mean, Yaro, I think I think the school district definitely has some culpability. I mean, if you think about it, anytime yeah. you're a driver of a vehicle or you own a vehicle and they find drugs in the car, the onerous is on the owner and or the driver, not necessarily the passengers. And unless the passengers claim it. It's it falls on the onerous of the driver. So I think I think the, these they might actually have a claim against the school board. School is responsible for your kids when you hand them off to them. That is true. Yeah, no, and I get that. Yeah. But when and you're a driver of a car. No, you go, Mandy. I was gonna say, I mean, what is what is the school bus driver's duty? Is it their responsibility to go through every backpack and every pocket as the child walks onto the bus? Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't think it, I don't think it's the bus driver's job to, to, to do that in the sense, but how, how laws are written and how justice is, is dealt out is, is basically along those lines. It doesn't seem reasonable, you know. I mean, it's easy to, to point fingers and sling mud all over the place. Ultimately, these kids got high. <clears throat> um, they're not dead. They're not injured. Mm -hmm. um, 
But but as a parent myself, what is the price tag that the school? I mean, I could see like if a child was you know um, smashed in the door of a bus and their arm broke or something like that. Like that's reckless and careless. Um, but this is something that's outside of the bus driver's hand and. At some point, also, the school doesn't go through each child's backpack. Also, was this edible in a Ziploc baggie? Was it in a packaged, sealed, you know, child-resistant, you know, anything? Um, I'll tell fingerprints you, are on this. I'll, t- I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one way. I'll tell you one way that this problem could be alleviated and it'll never happen again. Is if you make the kids before they get on the bus throw their backpacks underneath the lower compartment of the bus where they have the little storage area, and if all the kids have yeah. to throw their backpacks underneath there before they get on the bus, you're not going to have this happen. I mean, they could have it in their pocket. They they, they, they could they, they could have it in their pocket, but I'm saying like I think that that's actually a very constructive like going forward. What do we do different to try to keep young kids safe? I think Jason, the the, the analogy around drivers being responsible for what's in their car fails the reasonable test because a school bus driver is going to have 65 it kids does, on. It does, and it does, I, I don't think it does. I, I don't think it does, Yarrow, because time after time in every single court case that you see in every single state, the onerous is on the driver. Now, granted, the 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 city or county or school board's insurance would cover that driver in you an instance like that. that with a, but you get on the public yeah. bus. And there's some somebody leaves something on I think, a public bus. I think I, I, I think I, I think you, I think you should I, mean, I think you should be able to hold them liable. Not to eat other people's stuff. Who just well, picks up random candy well, on so a bus? I, you know what? Eating. I grew up. I, you, we've talked about this at High and Nine News. I grew up in a household of carob. If I found some regular sugar, I'd probably <laughs> no matter what condition or where it was located. Okay. I mean, I think the thing okay, from a lawsuit. When you say when you say regular that. sugar, can you elaborate on that? Meaning I had like some carob and like, like I didn't get enough sugar as a child because my parents were too healthy. So whenever I had the opportunity to eat sugar, I was definitely taking advantage of it. Even if it was a bag of candy that someone had left on the school bus, I probably would have snarbled it right down. I, I do feel sorry for these parents. And I do think it's a terrifying thing to not know what your children are going through. And so separate from Mandy's point about no physical lasting harm, there is a terrifying incident. If they sue to get the school to do something different in terms of process and procedure that could protect the next kid or the next parents, I I can understand that. But if it's really about the damages of the psychological process of worrying about whether their kid had ingested Drano or or Ryacin or whatever, um, I just, I don't, I'm not a big proponent of litigation as a way to get our way. Also, let me just ask, like, if these kids had gotten on the bus and gotten a hold of, like, a thermos that had alcohol in it, would the parents have yep. filed a lawsuit there, too? I'm sure they would have. I think they'd have just cause to. Yep. I mean, if the last thing I was known for was Grey's Anatomy, I'd be filing any lawsuits I could to just ah. get in the... Hey, that's a very okay. fair point, too, right there. Very, very, uh. very fair point. Yeah. They're just trying to get back in the media spotlight. Exactly. Just Our remember me? December 2023. Yep. yep. Remember this picture we took at this event? We can finally use it. I, th- I mean, it is terrifying. It is terrifying. And edibles are a problem. And 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 as a parent, it you know, it, I'm sure that this was not a happy moment for their family and that their kid did have a truly negative experience. So uh, as much shit as I like to talk, I I I would be disingenuous if i didn't at least acknowledge that 
Fair enough. It is concerning when you see your child not feeling well and you don't really know why. Um, but once you get to the doctor, especially the ER, they're going to do a blood test right out of the gate. And it's, you know, not that difficult to tell what's happened. Also, tell your kids not to eat random shit that doesn't belong to them. Come Yarrow on. doesn't listen. We already went over that part. Yarrow doesn't <laughs> listen. We there's and we're never going to keep everybody 100 percent safe. Yeah, it's it's very very. <laughs> we're never going to keep like kids at school 100 percent safe. There's always some jackass kid doing something. I know because it was me and my friends. Like, no matter how hard you try to enforce all the rules, etc., there's going to be people trying to game the system, have a little fun, bring some bottle rockets to school or whatnot. Always. And while what? I do think that you made a decent suggestion, Jason, with the backpacks under the bus, I also feel like. Nah, we shouldn't be having to do that either. Like, not more rules. Not more rules. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they, 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 they the thing, they, the thing is that you actually you give the school uh, uh, custody of your children. Yep. Like the school are exactly. they, they yeah. are the adults that are responsible for your children, and so legally, there it is. They yeah, are the responsible adults. Same if you dropped them off. Yeah, same if you dropped them off anywhere else and anything if you dropped them to off them. at daycare and the and the and the and one of the kids had the thing at daycare, you're gonna sue the daycare. Same thing. Mm. Yep. See? See? Mm -hmm. I rest my case. And on that, we are going to keep this train moving. We are going to move right on into Miss Mandy Tingler. She's a mom and a cannabis executive and wants to show you how motherhood and being a cannabis executive can all go hand in hand for a luxurious lifestyle. It is none other than Miss Mandy Tingler. Good Monday morning, everybody. This is Carmen Sacramento coming at you live from my house in front of my big-ass Christmas tree. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I have an article coming to you out of the state of Arizona. And, folks, this one's about some aspergillus. It says, DHS offers details on marijuana recall process over aspergillus concerns. Out of Phoenix today, there's, a cur there's currently an ongoing voluntary recall for certain marijuana products sold in Arizona dispensaries due to possible fungi contamination. The specific contaminant, aspergillus, is a fungus that can cause allergic reactions or infections, especially in people who are already sick. There have been no reported cases of illness, and all potentially contaminated products have been removed from the store shelves. <clears throat> The AZDSH report says that the products are being voluntarily recalled from Globe Pharmacy, Inc. And the article also lists several batch numbers. It says if you've recently purchased items you, may, you believe may be included in these batches, please return your product to the dispensary in Arizona. If your product is part of the recall, he says, you can try to take, or excuse me, you can take it directly to the dispensary or dispose of it in a dumpster. The head of the department says you can, quote, throw it in a dumpster, or if they have a big trash can that kids can't get into, maybe throw it in there. Disposing of it in a responsible manner just to prevent kids from accidentally coming, to, coming upon it is important. He further stated, there's always risk of foodborne illnesses or just other illnesses from anything else that be, could be contaminated by mar with these marijuana products. So I think what he's, it's very choppy what he's saying. His quotes are awful, but what he's trying to get at here is he's 
he's explaining that this product could be in edible or infused goods as well. If you ever buy a marijuana product recreationally or medically and believe it may not be safe for consumption or is contaminated in some way, you can inform Arizona DHS. And then he said, if someone contacts us saying that they got sick from consuming a marijuana product that, that can be veri verified in a recall, they need to notify our department. He says, but at least of today, this has not happened. Be sure to reach out to your doctor as well if you feel like a marijuana product has in some way made you ill. Now, guys, this is a really, like, generalized um, statement. And in one tiny sentence, they go ahead and mention this one particular company, Globe Pharmacy. But I'm really curious as to how this person is ahead of a department, number one. <laughs> Uh, this is Travis Ross from the Arizona Department of Health of Health Services, right? And he's just like all over the map with his statements about these products. There's three product um, codes listed, and he's saying that there's no concern, but and no one's reported anything. But he's like going into these like, deep dives about edibles and things, and it's just it, this is such a like hodgepodge article together i don't know if any of you guys have had a chance to see it but it's like red I, alert all over the place but don't worry it's like i read it so i didn't have the same i read it i didn't have the same takeaway i like that he was talking about safely disposing of marijuana products especially on the tail end of the article that i shared where kids are eating things that they shouldn't and and i i think you know, it was, it was, I didn't find it to be quite as hodgepodgey. I, 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 what I said is there's some contamination. We've had no known incidents as a result of that contamination. Speaking of contamination, if you're going to get rid of products, make sure you get rid of products in a way that doesn't allow them to become consumed by children. I ain't mad at him. I hope did I see anybody, him. But did anybody else, ever. I don't know, Yara, how many batches of products or recalls have you experienced? on a manufacturing side. Say, say that again. I said, how many product recalls have you experienced in cannabis? Well, personally, none. And also none of the entities or operators that I've worked with have had that occur to them. Uh, but I do believe that a regulated supply chain and lab testing is probably one of the best things about regulated cannabis, in spite of all of its issues, in spite of people shopping for potency results, in spite of all the opportunities to make it better. I, when when I heard from you know a dreadlocked doctor who was writing medical prescriptions as I was getting my two fifteen you know prescription that the things that we were putting on our cannabis could be deadly to us, even though the cannabis wasn't deadly to us. Um, and then I learned even 15 years later that the things we were putting on our cannabis that we thought were organic and therefore safe might've been organic to consume, but not organic to aerosolize or to go into our lungs. I'm a big, I'm a big proponent of, of the, of the regulated supply chain because of that. And I think these regulators, I mean, I, I think, I think they're trying to call awareness to some of the other risks and using the headline or the the the, the press release as an opportunity to do that. I'm not mad at the guy. I feel like it's really interesting that the guy who's supposed to be a part of enforcing proper disposal, just like, I'll just 
toss it in a dumpster. I mean, we do this, right? At home, I can't tell you how much weed I just discarded my trash because it's old or- it's Better, or better some bud than a baby. I mean, if you're gonna put something in a dumpster. You don't just give that stuff to homeless people? That's what I do, yeah. Oh, not recalled. We just old weed. You said old it's high weed. in CBN. You it can help them weed. relax. Yeah, you said old weed, Mandy. You didn't say recalled weed. Oh, I want to do that to anybody. Old weed. Yeah, whatever. They, old they, weed's they, better than no they, weed. They, they, they smoke way worse things than old weed, Mandy. Just as, Listen, on a regular. You give away what you want. I'll give away what I want. Fair enough. Fair, fair, fair enough. Well, 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 well. We have we have one more one more story before we before we close out today. I aspergillus these people, man, aspergillus. I mean, definitely don't smoke it. Yeah, don't. It will give it. you like bronchitis and pneumonia mm -hmm. and all that. Exactly. Oh. Remember smoking brick weed that smelled like gasoline? You. Yeah. What what whatever happened to a good old Paraquat? Remember when you were stoked when your brick only smelled like ammonia and not gas? Exactly. Dude, exactly. we got an ammonia one. This is yeah. awesome, bro. Bro, we got a greener. We got a greener one on this one, bro. We're winning. Yes. <laughs> yes. This has way less seeds. Kids these days know not of our struggles. It's, man, you know, I, I feel like that, that. That's where that whole saying comes from. Sticks and stones may break, may break my bones. You know what I mean? Because like that was a real lumberyard. They definitely lumber break your rolling paper. That was. That they was definitely real... break your joint. Yeah, but 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 uh, 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 rolling papers are like kids nowadays. They're just soft and easy to penetrate. That sounded like a chomo statement. Whoa. I know. <laughs> Whoa. With it, but I was gonna say, come, come say that to my son, bro. He'll choke you out. Yeah, oh, like, I bet. What was the most awkward statement on Hyatt Nine News today? Sorry, <laughs> sorry. Uh, they're, they're they're just easily hey. offended, and they easily it's rip, and they easily tear, and they're easy to poke. You know what I'm saying? Just like this. Just ah. in, Jason Beck says children are easy no, to penetrate. Yeah, you know what? Too. Yeah, I, I used the wrong word. Sorry, wrong choice of words, you guys. But nonetheless, I, I think <laughs> I think I think we've covered this story because I feel like we're living in the twilight zone right now, you guys, because. Uh, <laughs> A ballot a initiative to legalize. As a parent and as a guest on Hyatt Night News, do I get an automatic keep away order from Jason Beck for my children? As messed up, bro. Yeah, uh, yeah, all right. Uh, a ballot initiative to legalize adult use marijuana introduced in South Dakota. And I feel like we this this is like the oh. twilight zone because I feel like we've done this before. Less than two years after South Dakotans rejected a ballot measure to allow marijuana possession and home grows. Advocates have launched a voter initiative to legalize adult use market. The ballot measure submitted by cannabis consultant and Rapid City resident Emmett Resteroffer needs one, uh, 17,509 valid petition signatures to qualify the 2024 election, according to Biz Business of Cannabis. If approved for the ballot and subsequently passed by voters, the proposal would authorize the South Dakota Department of Health to issue dual-use licenses for the state's medical marijuana dispensaries to sell adult-use cannabis products, the news outlet reported. In an April poll, indicated voters are split on the issue of adult-use cannabis and South Dakota voters in 2020 approved an adult use market but that action was eventually overturned through the efforts of anti-marijuana governor christy noem in in that same election south dakota voters approved a medical marijuana market and mm mmj sales in that state launched back in july of 2022 
Well, 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 South Dakota, it sounds like you're going to have one more crack at the apple to get this done. And time will tell and see what you guys decide. What do you guys think about this? Free the weed. Crickets? Just good weed, huh? Free the weed. Free the weed. Free the weed. South On Dakota. South Dakota, you can do it. You think so? I mean, they, they, all, they did it before. And then they had a prohibitionist governor, Christy Noem, that tried to basically just recall it and recall the vote. I mean, South Dakota ever wanted to be cool for once. <laughs> is, can, is cannabis a default for making you cool? I, it, no, not necessarily. Not but I see, I see adult use cannabis through the lens of societal change going back to women's rights to uh, women's right to vote. Right. Like. There have been these places in society where we're like, oop, got that wrong, oop, got that wrong, oop, got that wrong. Like women's right to vote, civil rights, same-sex marriages. You want to love whoever you want to love, great, have a marriage. Who cares? It's between you two. And so I think that like this, this notion of adult use in all states, it's just a matter of time. Like, okay, great. It didn't pass the first time. It might not pass this time. It will eventually pass. And when it does... 50, 25 years from now, everybody's going to look back and go, remember that time when it was you weren't even allowed to grow your own plant and smoke a joint on your back deck? <laughs> oh my God, how funny were we as a society? I mean, if you think back around human nature, there was a time when we did human sacrifices. Now that seems a little weird for religious practices. And so I think that we will eventually see adult use in the entire globe and in every state. And it's just a matter of how quickly can we get there. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Any thoughts on this, Matthew, before we wrap up? What I find is when people with a reactionary view on cannabis have a, a relative or, or good friend that is uh, positively impacted, then their active uh, folks who are more left-leaning and compassionate seem to be able to kind of scaffold empathy off of their thoughts, whereas the more reactionary conservative folks really need to act to see it happening and occurring in front of them to believe it. You know, Those are just two different ways of apprehending the world. But yeah, cannabis is the healing of the nations, like the Ross has always said incredibly beneficial it's non-toxic it's not harmful and the more that we see it in use uh, by people with a low 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 amount of abuse and a high amount of healing and help more and more people are going to and i think we've been seeing that just everything seems to happen at a glacial scale so we just have to keep the faith keep the vision keep our optimism and keep working every day for what we want to see in the world that part that part i agree with you on that part matthew we got to keep on working every single day if we want to have the real visions that we want to have manifested in the world manifest themselves. That is very, very. Or you just take DMT and then you have as many visions as you want. Or you just make soap, right? At home. So can't yeah. stop, won't stop. <laughs> MT LSD and the other psychedelics are are like a uh, like a roadmap. They're like a Google Maps. They will show you where you need to go. However, just like Google Maps, they don't take you anywhere. You have to get in the car or get your feet walking, and you have to do the work every day to arrive where you want to be. Don't ever let the don't ever let the thought that the drug is going to do it for you. You are the healing force in your life. You so are. That's a mic drop moment. Yes. End on that. Yeah, we are going to end on that. You are the whatever Matthew Jermaine said. That's right. Thank you for getting high at nine with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank you to our audience and supporters for tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry. Thank you to all of our sponsors and thank you to our correspondents for coming in. And thank you to all of you tuning in regularly. We truly, truly appreciate you and hope you are having an amazing holiday season. And this has been 
Hyatt Nine News, America's number one daily cannabis news show.